This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Halos Here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. This week, we have some really fantastic and fun guests. Uh, We have this podcasting duo, powerhouse, awesome women of Melissa April and Catherine Blanco. They have a podcast called The Yoni Codes. I'm going to introduce each of them individually, and then we're all going to like have a great conversation about awesome things, about which you will hear shortly. (laughs) So um, I don't know. Anything else to add right now, Jane? No, go for it. Okay, so... Melissa April is a rebirth guide and transformational soul coach. She holds space for women to reclaim their feminine essence and breathe magic into their sacred work. She lives in Vancouver with her 15-month-old twins and the love of her life of 16 years. Thank you, Melissa, for being here. And Catherine Blanco is a birthkeeper and childbirth educator. She is called to be a beacon of light for others to find the way back to their innate wisdom and sovereignty. Her practice is rooted in supporting women navigating all facets of their childbearing years, both as an online mentor and an in-person guide. She lives on the Sunshine Coast, BC, with her beloved of over 20 years and their four radiant children. Welcome, Melissa and Catherine. Thank you so much for having us. We're so happy to be here. Yeah, so great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, Jane, take it away. What are we talking about today? So (laughs) this, we actually, so Jen and I were guests on um, Catherine and Melissa's podcast last week. We recorded together and it was such a powerful conversation that Jen and I have really been sort of unpacking it more and processing parts of it that we wanted to bring it to our podcast and kind of the extension. So we're not going to have the same discussions, but we're going to kind of extend from that. And Catherine and Melissa You guys really asked us some really, really good questions that helped us unpack a little bit more around Jen and I's relationship and business partnership and how we sort of came to be. And it's got us really thinking and talking a lot about uh, relationships, but specifically female relationships and what do healthy female relationships look like? Um, How does that play out in our life, whether that's in business, just friendship, all the different facets. So that's sort of the broad topic that we want to hop into um, today. But before we go there, I would love to have you guys share a little bit more about the work that you do, both individually and together uh, with your podcast and perhaps other things that you might be working on together. I'm not sure if there's things, but do you want to maybe start? You guys pick whoever wants to start here and just sort of share a little bit more about that and how you came to be. Thank you, Jane. I'll go first. This is Catherine speaking. Um, so in my intro, I, it's very simplified. I'm a birth keeper. I'm, I'm a birth educator, but I feel that my work is so much more in depth than, than just holding space at women's births. And 
um, part of my call in this lifetime is to help women tap in with their innate wisdom, with their inner knowing of how, how birth can actually be a transformational time in their lives. So my birth education goes beyond the anatomy, which I also really nerd out about. I love speaking <laughs> to women's bodies. Our, our bodies are amazing um, and how they support us in childbirth, but also the energetics and and the transformational experience of giving birth to new life and how it's an opportunity for us to claim a rebirth of ourselves as well. Wow. Yeah. And, really powerful that's super powerful yeah having the being the only person here who has not actually birthed a child <laughs> physically uh, uh yeah it's powerful i have the utmost respect i saw my sister birth her second child and it was one of the most moving and powerful experiences of my life it was a beautiful beautiful thing to witness melissa when i oh sorry go ahead well, I was just get, yeah that's okay i was just gonna add i feel that our western culture and and perhaps more all over the world in terms of our modern times has really taken um, birth into the medical space. And mm -hmm. of course there are in instances where birth does need to be a medical event, but I would say that the majority of ta the time birth unfolds beautifully unhindered and, and can be in the, the home environment for most of us. And that is, that is sort of my realm of genius is is bringing people back to to the bare bones the the root of, of giving birth mm -hmm. i'm curious to know did you always feel this was sort of your calling like you've had you have four children was mm -hmm. this sort of there for you before even beginning that journey or is this something that's grown out of having your own that's a wonderful question. So uh, when I was 18 years old um, and sort of thinking about the, my life path and I had this conversation with my father, who's also one of my best friends. And he's like, what are you, what are you feeling into for your, for your future? And I told him like, well, I just, I really know that I want to be a mom. <laughs> mm. I knew, I knew that that was a part of my purpose. And I even told him, I'm like, I feel that becoming a mother is going to lead me to my life purpose. And that is exactly what happened. I was also 18 when I started dating my now husband and we had our first child quite young and it was after her birth and speaking to my experience and how empowering and beautiful and well my, how it, it unfolded I realized that oh there is something here for me and this is what I'm here to do is to to help women have have the same not the same experience but to feel into their power when it comes to their childbirth experience wow mm -hmm. yeah. awesome thank that's you that's powerful thanks for sharing that Melissa, yeah, let's come back to that. Mm -hmm. Melissa, yeah. let's hear your story. Yeah. Well, I just want to second everything Catherine was saying because she was my my doula. She's my birth keeper, one of them. Right. And uh, yeah, I'm sure mm -hmm. we'll dive into it more. But um, birth has become such a big part of my life and and the work that I do in in more of a um, cosmic sense around rebirth and. 
how we die so much in this lifetime to become who more of who we are. And this process started before I became pregnant. It started um, really when I decided that, yeah, we wanted to start a family and it took us several years to do that, but I entered into this intentional space of rebirth. And so now how I support my clients, I started off as a health coach and kind of morphed into life coaching, into business coaching, and then started to pull in the spiritual um, subtle realms into my work. Uh, I feel like this is so similar to Jane, what you were sharing last week. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) As you're saying that, I'm like, yep, we have a similar story. Yeah. Yeah. And my whole, my whole life has been about figuring out like my purpose. What is my purpose? What am I, beauty mm -hmm. am I supposed to bring into the world? What are my gifts? And And are you, sorry, are you a, are you, we talked last week briefly too about human design. I'm going to take us off for a second here, but are you a three, five? Yeah, that you. That's why, because mm-hmm. I'm three five as well. You're a manifesting generator, right? Eh? I'm a projector, yeah. but we both yeah. have that three five line. Yeah, so and that's it's... probably where we have that similar pull. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Keep yeah, going. no, it's it's amazing. Um, so I feel like I'm I've just like accepted now that my work will continue to evolve as I continue to evolve, and I don't know where I will be in ten years, but I'm I'm excited for it. Um, anyway, so um, now you know, really, what I work with women around is people always come to me wanting to be like literally every person wanting to be seen and heard. (laughs) I just want to feel seen and heard. I want to feel like I can Mm -hmm. express myself the way that I want to. I work with women who they have a gift, they have a passion, they have a medicine to bring the world and they're doing it, but they are holding themselves back in some way. Then they know it and they can feel it and they can sense it and they're sick and tired of it. And what I do is I help women bridge that gap. I help them close it so that they can walk over to what they actually want with ease. Um, And that is the rebirth. That is the shedding, the molting and the opening to what is actually theirs because they are embracing all of who they are. Um, So I work, I love transfer. I'm trained in transformational coaching and So I love that aspect, but I bring in the Akashic records. I bring in, I'm a Mm -hmm. channeler of Christ consciousness. I love working in ceremony. I weave that into all of my work. So um, it's dynamic and beautiful. And yeah, that's what I do. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, we have so many cross correlations, I think, between the four of us in so many ways that we work or interact or work with clients or... Mm-hmm. the way our gifts express yeah yeah I think that's why we we just like Probably. hit it off we get on the calls yep. and we're like <laughs> yeah let's talk forever so yeah. can you guys now okay you both kind of give it a bit of your own little glimpse into your own stuff your own story not stuff um your own story how you alluded to it a little bit there Melissa but how did you guys kind of come to be a duo and what is that looking like for you yeah, so um, Catherine and I met when I, well, we actually met before I was pregnant. We didn't know mm. then <laughs> that we were going to work together, um, but we we were in a Kundalini dance program together. And so we dance together. We don't speak. We speak only at the beginning and at the end when we're um, in- integrating. And so we danced together and uh, it ended up opening up this whole situation where I uh, hired a a birth keeper who was also in that dance class who was very good friends and 
um, uh, not not coworkers, but you know they they work together. Colleagues, colleagues. Yes, yes, that's yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> that's the word. Um, and because I was moving out of the Vancouver area, Jasmine had brought on Catherine, and so Catherine and I met each other. Um, I think I was about six months pregnant, maybe five months. I can't remember quite how much, how far along I was, but it was, I feel like we met each other and we got to know each other in the most beautiful way. And I feel like this mm-hmm. has been or almost like a redefining moment f- for me. And I, I think I could probably speak for Catherine as well mm-hmm. in how we want to have female relationships, how we want mm-hmm. to interact with, how we want to get to know each other, because I was in the most vulnerable state of my entire life and Catherine witnessed me through that whole that whole situation through pregnancy through the birth of my twins all the way 10 months postpartum we had the most incredible conversations that like I'm full body chills just like Mm -hmm. thinking about the connection that we created and it was just kind of like yeah why are we not recording these conversations it feels (laughs) selfish of us to to not to not be sharing this and opening it up and, and, and yeah, like opening this dialogue for more, more of us to be in conversation about this, these quiet conversations that we have together. Why are we not having them as a a bigger collective Mm -hmm. spreading that like goddess energy through the world? That's very much needed right now. Yeah. And I have to say like Melissa has been someone in my life who's, helped me define who I want to continue to work with because she really went into the work that I really desire to help women through in pregnancy which is also bringing in the shadow side of of the experience and really walking through that um, in an embodied way and so that was really exciting as well for me to work with a sole client in that way and to have that experience just expand our relationship um, and go beyond go beyond our, our just like working client um, birth keeper relationship into something deeper um, but I think it's also like everyone should have a friend that's a transformational coach because <laughs> <laughs> so true because that's what's gonna happen is that the, they're going to help you expand and become more and more of who you really are. <laughs> so that's a, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like that's what it is, right? It's, I mean, speaking of female <laughs> relationships, it's like, I feel that our relationship has been one where in the process of getting to know each other, I've become more of who I have always mm-hmm. been meant to be in the world. And um, I think that's a really special, sacred gift that -hmm. you got to hold close to you and and realize that that's that's what it's meant to be like I mean we're also meant to have conflict of course and and but it's how we move through that which Catherine and I have also had to navigate and so anyways Mm -hmm. it's it's like rewriting a a whole new paradigm um especially as uh female leaders in the world and Mm -hmm. um healers yeah thank you yeah thank you for that it's, uh, I love how you described it as this redefining this new paradigm of what feminine relation, what healthy feminine relationships are and can be. And it's taking it 
less away from quote unquote should be, because obviously should still implies a filter of what someone's expectation of what that might be. Where when you look at the potential of what a healthy and powerful and uplifting feminine relationship, whether it's friendship and business or business on its own or workplace colleagues, all of those definitions and parameters are in place for a reason and you can go farther and that that growth happens at the edges so then when we honor like you said there there are moments of conflict but it's how we move through that conflict that can strengthen and further expand that relationship i think too often we're not shown a we're not shown or modeled a way that moves through conflict in a way that's productive it's conflict based on you know we've seen it backstabbing and um, down talking or you know gossip and it's so oh, it's just so poisonous it's like poisonous mm-hmm. it just it takes root and then it grows and expands it's passed on through generations it gets perpetu- um, perpetuated and there's a better way to move forward and especially when we're talking about expanding and embracing this divine feminine energy that has been suppressed in us for so long when we let go of that poison and let go and just like you can neutralize it just move past Mm -hmm. it and move through it you don't have to sit there with a counter poison or a counter cure you just neutralize it and move move forward and we've even found um that speaking our truth and being honest with one another, even if it's uncomfortable, has only deepened our relationship rather than pulled us apart. It's like we keep going into a a deeper layer. (laughs) Nobody, our audience can't see, but we have a little one. Well, not we, (laughs) Catherine has a little one (laughs) with her. We hear the the grunts and groans. Yeah, Yeah. we hear in the bebe. If you ever tune into the Yoni Codes, she's mm-hmm. uh, she's our third co-host, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little Miss Cora. <laughs> Cora, the co-host, we love her. That's yeah. awesome. Well, she's she the co-host us on here point. today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's the co-host here today, so it's all good. It's all good. So then, can you talk a little talk to speak to you a little bit about mo- what moving through those times of conflict looks like for? Each of you, maybe Melissa, while Catherine's occupied, you can. Um, so in this relationship? To, and yeah, it's specifically in your in your relationship, your business partnership or your co-hosting. How do you define that? Well, how do we move through the conflict? I think it's, you know, not letting it fester. It's um, trusting that... I can be in my truth and that Catherine is strong enough to hold that or that Catherine can be in her truth and that I'm strong enough to hold that. Even if maybe I don't agree or she doesn't agree. Like we are able to, um, we're able to bring that to each other. Uh, and that really only came with like the first time you have a conflict, (laughs) you have to (laughs) just see how it goes. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that's been a big learning for so many women is like we're undoing this narrative of being scared to speak our truth being scared to have a boundary being scared to 
hold ourselves in our own power. And um, um, so, yeah, being able to hold ourselves in our own power and, and regardless of what the other person does, if the other person can't handle it, that's their, that's Mm -hmm. theirs. Mm -hmm. And how, and can we trust that they can be in their own energy, even if it's not what we want them to, even if they're not responding in the way that we want them to respond. And so, yeah, you know, Catherine had to step out for just a minute, but you know, the first time we had (laughs) something, it was like something so small. And, um, I like, I like it when Catherine actually speaks to it. Um, (laughs) she does such a beautiful job. I'm just telling them about the first time we had her, uh, we had a little thing come up and it was something that she had said that it hurt my feelings a little bit. And mm-hmm. I don't, for the life of me, even remember what it was. Um, but I remember thinking like, Oh, Melissa, it's not a big deal. Like, uh, you know, Catherine's heart, like she would never mean anything to hurt you. Like, just leave it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And she was at my house postpartum yeah. do lying. <laughs> And supporting me and my family and she's with her. Anyways, I had to, I, I stepped out for an errand and I was just thinking about it and thinking about it. And I'm like, I do not, I just remember thinking in the car, like I cannot let this sit and faster. Like I can I will not risk the relationship mm-hmm. that we are creating right now. And the, even just as a, you know, my, a doula and a client, like that was so important to me. And then, but also the, personal relationship that was budding from that and so I was like okay I'm gonna I'm just gonna bring it up I'm just gonna say something and so I I came home and <laughs> it's just like I just wanted to like remember that comment you did you said and that that didn't feel good for me <laughs> to receive and it was actually the best thing that I think ever happened for our relationship because it was it was so it was like one of the most moving experiences it sounds so silly but it was one of the most moving experiences I've had in a friendship before because I have been known to make weird jokes or say things and then uh be like where did that come from like that like I shouldn't have said that um oh shit like (laughs) where has that landed and then like okay move along um but and then perhaps hurt people but not recognized it or realized it until later so for her to call me out on it or and actually it didn't even feel like she was calling me out it it felt like she was calling me in because Mm -hmm. I was so touched I actually am tearing up just talking about it right now because I I burst into tears and I was like thank you I am so sorry. That was really inappropriate. That I don't know where that came from. And I take full responsibility that I should have thought before speaking. And I do not want to damage our, our relationship, but especially our budding friendship. And I was so honored that she would respect me enough to pull me in and say that I had hurt her rather than letting it be something between us that would make her push me away over time. And it shifted, I feel like it shifted our dynamic pretty much immediately. And we became so much closer after that. And I started sharing things with her 
and outside of our, our friendship. Um, but I, I felt like I could speak more honestly with her about things that were going on in my life. And it seemed reciprocal back. And it actually opened up this whole new dynamic between us. It was really, really powerful. And it was also so simple. Yeah. And it was probably just even you talking about it. I'm like, we probably wouldn't have a podcast today together and be doing the work in the world that we are doing if we didn't have that one situation to move through. But I was Mm -hmm. like flabbergasted, (laughs) but she responded (laughs) in the way that she did because so often I have held Mm -hmm. my tongue. I have been so flimsy with my boundaries. I have been so scared to say anything because I've lost friendships from doing so. Mm-hmm. Even when I, and you know, when I tried to do it from the most loving way possible. So to have somebody respond in that way was like, what is happening? This is like, yeah, this is- that so powerful. And that's like, I just listening to you guys share that story it, it to me, I'm like, wow, that takes so much it takes courage, it takes trust, and it takes vulnerability, right? Like, yeah. we've, I think we've maybe, I can't say all, but I know I've had those experiences too, where I've tried to speak up and it wasn't able to be received in that way. And then, yeah, it destroys relationships or it causes more tension or something. So, so even having the courage to do it and not fully knowing how the other person's gonna respond and also having that trust or faith, perhaps, that they will be able to hold space for it. And look at how beautiful that is and what you guys have shared for you guys, how that turned out. Like, and, you know, maybe there's something to unpack there in terms of, um, you know, Catherine, how you were able to be in that space or, you know, was there work or healing that had been done? Because you know, again, so much of it depends on where the other person is at Mm -hmm. um, with that. But, you know, I think Jen and I've had those experiences too, where we've been able to, again, it's that just being able to be so vulnerable with another person. And it, but when you can do that, when the other person can hold that space, it's like, to me, that's just where the depth is and where you can go to that whole new level of relationship. I mean, when you think about it, it's almost it's almost like these little gifts, actually, these little conflicts that these little bumps in the road are little gifts because they're opportunities to reinforce, strengthen and take your relationship to this whole mm-hmm. other level. And what a gift that is. And it's deeply healing on many, many levels because, you know, culturally, for thousands of years, we have been pinned against each other. We don't trust yeah. each other. We don't, it's the witch wound. It's the, yeah. you know, wounded mm-hmm. feminine just <clears throat> blaring, right? And we're scared to be who we are. We're scared to share our truth. And I think as long as we're tiptoeing around each other and not saying the things that we mean to say and skirting around the things that we want and that we want in our relationships and from the people in our life, we're not going to, it's not going to get anywhere. We're just going to keep falling into, I think the traps of comparison, judgment and gossip and these old hurting patterns. each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Catherine, I'm curious, how do you get to that place? How do you get to that space of being able to receive what Melissa shared? That's a really good question. Um, 
feel that it required a, a level of humility from me to and self-awareness um, that regardless of how how I thought what I said would land, like my intentions obviously were not to hurt Melissa, but the impact did. So it was me taking responsibility for the impact of my words rather than going into that space of what my intentions were good. Right. Right. So I, yeah, I, I took responsibility for how, for what my, for what I said and how it impacted her. And it was also a wake up call for me to recognize how much Melissa meant to me. Mm. Because and the friendship. Yeah, in the friendship. And um, yeah, and it was pretty quick. It was a pretty quick turnaround to, to for me in that moment to, to recognize the impact of my words and to, yeah, and I, I took the lesson right away. I'm, I'm, and I feel like the, the process of getting to this place has been a long journey um, because I have experienced friendships where I have spoken up about something that has hurt me and, and it hasn't landed and it's, it's damaged the friendship to, to a point where it's not in a place of being able to be repaired and or the, the other way around where I've said something and instead of them coming back and, and saying, hey, you've hurt me and do the whole like ghosting thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking to a lot of my friendships in my 20s and being pretty dysfunctional with, with women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That suffering in silence piece is really big, I think, for for women and like and for men as well but I think more so for yeah. women because we are not modeled how to express our needs effectively to have vulnerable conversations that are grounded in solid foundational experience rather like you know how highly emotional responses can pull you the other person into another highly emotional response and then it just compounds mm-hmm. and builds and spirals up and then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, girl fight. And it's, yes, we need to have those experiences so that we kind of know what we don't want. And then our response to that might just be, well, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to have that experience again rather than being able to talk about the experience or or work through it with a trusted person, professional or otherwise, or coach, and solidify those communication skills in a way that allow you to be strong enough and present enough to hear the other person, but not take it on personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. So then how would that... You've talked about that in your both of your examples. I'm thinking for our listeners who maybe don't necessarily have a coaching background like all four of us do, mm-hmm. how might that look if you haven't had a coaching background? It might 
I know that for me, before I got into my business world and my coaching space, for me, that would often show up as resentment or feeling resentful or bitter or being angry, but not being able to express that or tell the other person or taking it out. I would take it out in physical activity, but even then that's still that kernel still lives inside. How, how does that show up? You think Bridget, you see in other people or other clients? Well, I could have, I could have easily like from my perspective in, in this situation, I could have easily gotten defensive and, and went into that place of not taking responsibility and, and blamed Melissa for being too sensitive or, mm -hmm. um, oh, I didn't mean it that way. Don't you know who I am? We've been friends for a year. Like I've been working with you for a year. Of course, that was a joke. Like, you know, like I could have easily gone into that rather than honoring her feelings and honoring that I, I made a mistake. Um, so I think that would have been sort of a, an old, um, an old default reaction rather than a more centered response that I ended up moving into. And I think from like, like a wounded response, right? But not mm -hmm. but wounded. I mean, we all, I think, culturally grow up with some of that wounding. I mean, think about like, as Jen was talking about you, when you were talking about girl fights, the word cat fight came to mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like, remember, mm -hmm. and you don't hear that term as much anymore, but I certainly remember like that term being thrown around a lot when I was growing up or, mm -hmm. you know, when I was in the corporate world, this kind of like, you got to be a bitch to get to the top. Um, like we're totally oh conditioned. <laughs> mm -hmm. Go, Melissa. She's good. I just, just like, had when you oh said cat fight and how that was like, you know, a word we threw around a lot. I'm like, and it's also something that used to be a turn on for the guys. Like, yes, like to see the girls having a cat oh. fight. Ooh. Mm. So, so then it becomes sexualized. So then it becomes sexualized. And so, like, I'm okay we do certain things as women when we're, you know, we grow up in a patriarchal society and we fall into these ways of sexualizing ourselves mm -hmm. in order to get ahead or like, I need to Absolutely. get in the fight or I need to do this. I need to do that so that I can be accepted. I don't know, be um, part of this barbaric society. Or that's just um, how I know, like I see to, other people getting ahead and survival. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. That was just like a thing that popped up. I'm like, oh my God. It's true um, though. Yeah. Right? So we, we all see this, right? We all like, we're brought up with, um, hi Cora. Hi Cora. Yeah. Hey guys in the camera. We're brought up with, um, with these kind of beliefs. So it's, and, and again, I'm generalizing here. We're not all, but yes. definitely from a cultural perspective, often we are. So it's a lot of like, I know for myself, it's been a lot of my own deconditioning work and a lot of oh yeah, really mm -hmm. examining what that looks like. And I love what you shared, Catherine, around the personal responsibility side, because Jen and I talk about that a lot mm -hmm. um, in the work we do. And that's been a huge part of my journey. Um, and, you know, it's sort of one of our slogans that we've come up with is this own your shit um, idea. Mm -hmm. Right. And so yeah. starting to kind of own that and the power the power that it gives both people, right? Yeah. Like when mm -hmm. you own it, it gives you your power back, but it also gives in that situation would give Melissa her power. And, and then we're able to equally move forward on I mean, a level playing mm -hmm. field. Yeah. And you have two people in their power. That's only a recipe for 
something good, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that's your relationship goes to a new level of trust and, you know, that just that next level, or you're two people in your power realizing maybe this is not the relationship. Maybe this is, maybe it's time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do it in a peaceful, loving way. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that we, especially as women are conditioned to be nice and work it out and, you know, at all costs, just, you know, keep the peace, keep the peace, keep the peace Mm -hmm. and sustain in relationships. Like you would never encourage a girlfriend to stay in an abusive relationship or to stay in a relationship where she wasn't getting, where she wasn't fulfilled. Right. And so why would Mm -hmm. we expect that of, of each other in our personal relationships with other women? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And that starts too with, you know, with us as parents, um, too, right? Like I know, um, Catherine, you have, is your oldest, you have a couple of daughters, right? Yeah. I have three daughters. My, my 17 year old is, yeah, is a daughter. So you must've like, it'd be interesting (laughs) to, to see how, and to watch that. Like I have a almost 13 year old daughter. Um, and so she's like right in that prime teenage friendship scenarios and it's really Mm -hmm. interesting to as she's starting to open up to me in a different way right like like there's opening up when they're younger and helping them navigate just kind of hey this is how you operate in a social setting and conflict navigation you know as a six seven eight year old and now I'm seeing her move into these other dynamics and a lot of mean girl stuff and so it's, it's still very prevalent and it's really interesting. And I'm, I never want to lose that opportunity to like be there and, and help guide her through that because yeah, what you were just saying, uh, Melissa is so true. And we have to be so aware to help change that paradigm through our children. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. A hundred percent. And actually it's, so interesting I have a very open relationship with my my daughter and she has really enjoyed watching Melissa and I's friendship blossom Mm. (laughs) from her perspective (laughs) I know like it's really sweet she's way she's wise way beyond her years to be honest like honestly when she says that she's not just coming from like Uh my daughter is (laughs) her her daughter is like I'm like she's gonna be she's gonna have like a TED talk she's gonna (laughs) no like she's she's quite she's quite uh, remarkable um and and she she's been enjoying watching my friendship with Melissa grow because she has witnessed me being hurt um, from the friendships that I had when she was growing up. Um, like, cause I, we kind of grew up together in a, a lot of ways, having her at 21 um, and going through all of those relationships in my twenties and then finding, finding stronger relationships in my thirties. And um, she actually uh, went through a lot of, uh, turbulence in her uh, grade seven year with mm-hmm. with friendships and mean girls and and that coming out then um and she's in grade 11 now so it was a few years ago um but she has been watching this relationship unfold with Melissa and I 
And she's like, oh, it's just so great to see how happy you are <laughs> when you're with this friend and that you come home. And, and I even told her about this conflict that we had and shared with her how we moved through it and was honest with her about how I made a mistake. And Melissa called me in. And um, so I think for the listeners, like, don't, if you are a, a parent listening to this, like, don't be afraid of Mm-hmm. bringing your kids in to your lessons because they're they're not just for you they can be really powerful for them to hear too and it can be a little like humbling again to to bring them in that you're still sort of figuring out life <laughs> as a grown-up but it also helps them I believe move through their stuff because they're like oh this is something that, like I can get some tools from my mom even, even though she's just discovering this now, what if I discovered this now as a 17 year old rather than mm-hmm. in my mid thirties or late thirties. Yeah. So. Super mm-hmm. different. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I, I didn't even think of my relationship, like, or seeing my mom in her relationships with other women. I, like, mm-hmm. this, I feel like this is the first time I'm actually thinking of it, but yeah, it's like so much they're, they're modeling. I mean, yeah. you think of it like with the, the, your father or whatever, but yeah, they're, mo- yeah, they're modeling are, all of it. Right. They this is how you're in relationships and you yeah. know, it's, and you grow up and you see that you see, you know, your parents or your, your mom and her friends getting together and what they're talking about. And, you know, you see that mm-hmm. kind of interaction and, of course, that's going to imprint. <laughs> of course, that's going to be informing how you then go out into the world and relate to each other. Yeah. Um, and I think as emotional beings as we are, um, as women, uh, that is definitely something that I think you need to be proactive in healing and examining and bringing a lot of awareness to and how you are in the world, how you relate to other people, other women, how you relate to yourself, because there's a lot of undoing and a lot of um, remembering who we are so that we can be who we are with each other in a really, um, in a, in positive sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to speak our truth and, but in a kind way, right? Like we can, we can speak up and we can have our boundaries, but we can still be kind and loving about it. And mm-hmm. being, again, back to that personal responsibility and just being aware of how we're showing up and examining that within the relationships that we have. Yeah. And you were asking, like, how what, how do we see this sort of, like, coming through in, the, in maybe clients and stuff that we work mm-hmm. with? And because um, I do see this a lot. Um, And I think we have a lot of, I think expectations plays a big role in it. Like we, how Mm -hmm. we expect other people to receive our truth or, and sometimes that expectation is I expect that when I share my truth, that I will be abandoned. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes these are the expectations and, and the expectations then become the beliefs that we carry around in the world Mm -hmm. opposed to being like really the only thing that we can control. The only thing that we can expect is how we're going to react. Yeah. And, and so it does, you know, it, you have to want to be in that, 
examination. <laughs> you want to be part of that like examination of yourself. Like you're, you're looking at how you are in the world and mm-hmm. how, how do you desire to, how do you desire to be in relationships with other people? Are the relationships that you have, are they ones that are deeply fulfilling and yeah. beautiful and life-giving and expansive? Or are they relationships that you had from 20 years ago where Absolutely. you're just keeping them because of honor, because you were taught that you, yeah, you yeah. friends for life, friends for life. Friend. And you can yes. be friends for life when you grow together and change together and have these opportunities to approach conflict in a different way. And so it's so interesting because there's, so there's a friendship I've had since high school that has ebbed and flowed and I was in her wedding and after the wedding I took a big pause because I realized that the friendship was not balanced and um it was only like and look this is we're talking 20 years ago I took this pause and I didn't see them that much and then I just I don't know last fall was doing some energetic healing training And it was so interesting because the third week into the training, this person messaged me and was like, hey, how are you? I was like, oh, this is interesting. And so I went with it and I met with them uh, along with another friend, mutual friend from high school. And it was a really beautiful and fulfilling conversation and where we could, we didn't obviously talk about it, but there were many ways that we can recognize that each other had changed over the past 20 years. And so we'd had this moment of like massive distance and then coming back together where there, was, there wasn't the same awkwardness as there was 20 years ago. And that, yes, really that's powerful. a symbol of growth, super powerful. And we haven't talked consciously about that yet, but for me, it was such a beautiful observation to go like, okay, So, yes, we've been friends a long time. Yes, our friendship could just have remained separated. Um, But then it also, it was just kind of one of those, maybe maybe we each needed that break and that pause to grow on our own so that we could rediscover that next level of friendship again. Love that. Well, and it's, you know, I think with long-term relationships like that, the expectation is that person is always going to be that person that they were 20 years ago for Mm -hmm. me now. And that's just Mm -hmm. not, yeah, that's just not realistic because we do change. And sometimes your growth paths, evolution paths are at different speeds at different rates and different directions. And so I think Catherine and I were talking about this in a recent episode, like it's just like in a, in a partnership with your with your significant other, it's like you make the choice to grow together. You make the choice to honor each other as you change and grow. And that has to be like, that has to be like agreed upon, even if it's not spoken, it's like, we understand that we're both going to change and evolve and we can honor that and we can hold space for that. And we still choose each other. Yeah. And yet we don't do that with our friendships all the time. And I mean, how beautiful that is to be able to come back in union with somebody and recognize. And what if we knew that sooner? Like, what if we knew that? Right. Like, I I mean, mm -hmm. situations like that, where even now I'm like, wow, this person that was such a close friend to me, it's not feeling the same way. And there's been a lot of hurt feelings, but nothing has been said because we are not able to pinpoint what it is 
or even like give it energy because what if that means that we're not friends anymore then that's hurt then that's grief and that's fear and that's fear but what if we could speak about it and say like hey what if but can we just talk about this yeah and expectations we put on on these relationships right and I think you you really identified a really interesting point there where we kind of have that dialogue around our more intimate relationships like our partners for life or a period of spouses spouses Mm -hmm. um but we don't apply that same lens to friendships so much it or you just gave me the awake the awareness that like yeah wow where have I not had that expectation I mean not so much now but definitely like definitely with friendships from you know growing up and my 20s and stuff where it sort of had to look a certain way and oh my gosh if it didn't well then we weren't friends anymore and it was a big drama or something like that versus Mm -hmm. allowing like you say allowing for that ebb and flow to or that space where it's Mm -hmm. like yeah maybe we're on different paths right now and that's okay and we'll come back together that's yeah, I feel like that's when a you... yoni code. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right. Well, uh, it's so funny because um, it's circling back to my daughter. I just keep thinking about her because she actually has a one of her best friends. They've been friends since uh, her friend was three, and Sarah, my daughter, was four, and they still talk to each other pretty much every single night. And they have wow. changed a lot. Like it's a it's amazing. And they have changed a lot. Um, but recently there was something that happened that was a little bit of a conflict. And I was like, you need to tell her, you need to tell her. Cause she didn't, she wasn't speaking to her friend about it because she didn't want to ruffle the feathers. And, and I'm like, I think that you just need to get it off your chest. And so mm-hmm. that she did it. She, I kind of pushed her a little bit outside of her comfort zone, but also she's like, oh yeah. It's what, like she's also recognizing like that it's important. She actually listened to, to one of Melissa's <laughs> <and> episodes <laughs> before she did it, and uh, it the sisterhood of the traveling bitches. Um, she, <laughs> love that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love that title. <laughs> so she she listened to that episode, and and she did. She reached out, and and even though they had been speaking every night, she just hadn't said this one thing, and and it landed really easily on her friend's ears. It was one of those situations sort of like what Melissa and I spoke to to earlier like so it's not that it need it's not that we need to do this in our 30s um no we can like our our children can do this too in their teens um but it I think it is a little bit more scary um but there is that capacity to have that depth of relationship um, from a very young age I wonder when you were taught in schools no I know I know right? Yeah. This is all, so we all to each other. School yeah. of life, mm-hmm. right? I also wonder like the, when you were sharing that, it made me think oh. about also the intention behind when we share these things and when we speak up, right? Like I just got mm-hmm. the, I don't know, when you were talking about that with your daughter right away, I was like, oh, but I oh. felt like her heart was so open. Mm-hmm. My intention is just like, I just need to get this off my chest, but it's not a big drama. It's like, I need this to be said and let's move forward. And I think there's something in that. And you kind of spoke like that too, um, Melissa, when you shared how you approached Catherine. Like, This is like the deep longing that we have to mm-hmm. be seen and heard. Yes. To be, to be witnessed. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just to be on the stage and to be, you know, yeah. 
you know, it's not about that. It's about being able to be seen and heard for who we are with the people that we love Yeah. to be accepted by them, to be, even if they don't agree with it, but they can still receive it. Like, yeah. And I mean, this is the village, right? When we come back to healthy village mentality, we're able to do that, but we live in a very broken society where this isn't taught and this isn't actually the way that things go, right? This yeah. isn't the way things are supposed to go in this narrative. And so we got to come back to the roots. We got to come back to the truth. We got to come back to who we are. And um, saving, yeah. Saying what's on your heart with courage and grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just trusting that the way it will be received is is the way it's meant to be received and will move you forward in one way or another. And the acceptance mm-hmm. around how that will be moved you forward. And it might move you forward in a way that you didn't think you had expectations around. And then you're like, oh, I actually did have. It shows you those expectations. But yeah. then it may move you forward in that beautiful way that we've all experienced that you and Melissa and Catherine just described so beautifully with your friendship. So, yeah. I have one last question to take this in a little bit of a different direction before we wrap it up. But I'm curious your take on we're talking and unpacking this whole what is a healthy female friendship look like or relationship how and like the question's sort of not totally phrased but in my head I'm like oh my gosh imagine if we can all just start to seek out more of these relationships like as you guys were talking I'm like Mm -hmm. you know find your people find the people that can support you and hear you and see you and witness you as we've kind of talked about and how can how that can change the world I mean that sounds very grandiose but like how I don't and there's not okay maybe there's not a question just a statement but like I I don't know there's just something where I'm like oh my gosh like go Melissa what what comes to mind is almost like it's there's power in numbers so I might be in my own little world having this conversation in my head and speaking my truth to people who can't receive it, or I can find the people who also want to have that kind of dynamic, even if we're not quite sure how we do it, but we know that's what we want. And then that, that energy grows from there. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, and more people see, well, what are they doing over there? They have such beautiful. And that's what I really look towards. I look at the people who have really strong sisterhood, who, um, support, like support, it gives me goosebumps thinking of it, but like really support each other and, and hold space for each other and kind of come back to these ancient ways of being with each other. And I want that. I want that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm that's what I desire in my bones. That's what I want. And so people like Catherine, people like my friend, Justine, you know, these women in my life now, I'm like, they're setting the, there's, there's, this is a new bar. This is yeah. a new, this Ooh, is like the, that. the new village for me. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to grow. This is where I want to be witness. This is where I want to share my gifts. This is where I want to influence. I want to share an impact from this space because these women make me feel my power. Ooh, yes. Sam, that was great. <laughs> Completely. Magic. Here's the magic. Yeah. So if you're listening wow. to this podcast and you want to feel that way, spend more time with us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
And I think we all secretly desire that. That really comes down to that belonging, that belonging piece that is so fundamentally human and is one of those, you know, primary, primary drivers. It's like food, shelter, belonging, love, you know, and this... it's that community too, right? Like community. Uh, through this whole conversation, I keep being like, oh my gosh, this is why like women's circles are so powerful, right? Yeah. Like getting into that space and, and like you were sort of sharing, like from your, like pulling kind of some of that ancient root stuff forward, but finding it can be through, maybe it starts by finding a circle, finding a, like whether that looks like a retreat or, you know, a yoga class or, um, you know, it, multiple different ways, but just this being in circle and finding those people. And then it also, like you say, it, comes in friendship and relationship Cascade. and all the things yeah yeah well and I, and I see a lot too like people just of course because we're resistant to change our little lizard brains want to stay mm -hmm. exactly where we're put and never move but um it's like I think I see so often people wanting to fit into what's already there instead of breaking out of the mold and finding what's right for them and I guess that's one thing that I would want to say is like give yourself permission to break the mold a little bit. That doesn't mean you're leaving behind anybody. Your family is still your family. You know, there's still an opportunity to um, find new ways of relating with the people in your life. But there's also this other realm where the people that are really going to, like your, those soul people, those soul connections, they're also there waiting to embrace you and crack you wide open, essentially. Beautiful. And I would just like to add, like, I think also the big piece here is showing up in our relationships fully as who we are so that we can also be seen as who mm -hmm. we are. Take off that mask, be who you are in your relationships so that you can find out who your tribe is a lot faster if you're actually showing up as yourself. That's and the benefit of actually saying the things that you mean to say and yeah. bringing things up as things arise instead of letting them faster because you're going to figure yeah. out sooner, sooner rather than later, those, the people who can hold that energy for you. Yes. And it's scary. I'm not saying that this is easy. <laughs> and so if you're listening to this, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Especially if we're so conditioned to have these, like, to, to yeah. be in friendships that are very surface level. And if that's not what you're seeking, then you're going to have to be willing to go deep first sometimes and see where it lands, see what happens. And it, it's not always easy and it can, you can get hurt, um, but it can also have the opposite effect and grow something really, really special. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're, because we know in pretty much every area of this work, right? You're only going to get as far as you're willing to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have to yeah. be willing to go deep to get those, that depth of relationship. This yeah, is the rebirth. So what are we willing to yeah. let die so that we can make that beautiful soil from which to plant these new seeds? Right. Mm -hmm. So amazing. That well, feels is... like a good note to wrap on. I, I agree. So. I love that. Thank you guys mm -hmm. so much for sharing your wisdom and your vulnerability have, and your we honesty. should have a quad pod <laughs> i know i was feeling that too i'm like we're like can we host like a retreat like the four of us and like create that space or yeah. quad pod i like it 
<laughs> quad the quad pod, pod yeah. retreat. Yeah. It's like yeah. a podcast, but in real life, and with lots of different hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so, no, we love, uh, we've loved these conversations with you. Um, yeah. with you both are just such wonderful, inspiring, expansive people. So thank you so much for inviting us on the show. And yeah. Thank you. I think there'll really, be more really, exchanges. Yeah. So where yeah. can, where can our guests find you guys? Um, and what you are you hanging out mm-hmm. yeah so uh at the yoni codes is our podcast page uh you can also find me at the melissa april and Catherine's at the Catherine blanco birth yeah those links yeah. will be in the show notes <laughs> yeah those we'll will be in the show notes i'll put those links in the show notes yeah for sure and we are um Catherine and i are going to be launching a red tent ceremonial program um all around honoring our sacred menstruation and it's going to be pretty powerful we do a uh a red tent series on the podcast as well so if you're interested in learning more about the the mysteries of the of the deep dark feminine um and sacred menstruation you can check those out and if you're interested in uh, joining the red tent ceremonial program you can find us on insta and send us a dm cool. sounds awesome that sounds thank you super juicy exactly more about that yeah okay well all right on this happy note let's wrap it up thank you so much melissa and Catherine, for being and cora for making a guest appearance on this uh beautiful fun podcast episode I'm sure we will have you back as guests again in the future. I'm sure there will be many more conversations for all four of us to have. And I don't know. I don't have much more to add. So thank you all. Feel free to unmute yourself and say thanks. Jane, anything else? Nope. Good. Thanks so much, ladies. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.